9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Go Plug Yourself. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, wait a second, we're in the red zone and we're under full lockdown. What does anybody have to plug? Well, surprise, guys. James McGee has been running a talk show of sorts. Uh, basically since the start of covid back in march called at home with james james mcgee who you might know as uh, twiggy from the world of battle war or just as james mcgee from the world of improv now has a talk show that he runs monday wednesdays fridays sometimes saturdays and sunday mornings Uh, he gives you all the details Uh, check it out it's called at home with james you can find it on twitch streaming live uh or on youtube if you just look up at home with james Uh, his most recent episode the episode that just aired last night was with sammy zane so be sure to check that out uh enjoy the show uh chris is my host on this one or my co-host on this one and uh james as always is a great guest and uh he's the guy who uh he's positive about covid he's uh he's pro covid he says it repeatedly those are his words not mine enjoy the show Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, it's time for another Go Plug Yourself podcast. So, Chris, tell us about love in the time of COVID. You know, it's a four-letter word. Uh-huh. Um, who knows what it means? You know, because you know you could have love during COVID, but after COVID, is the love still going to be there? I don't know. Uh, I think the people who uh, have no love in their lives right now are, are uh, you know, they're doing fine. And I think those people <laughs> need to remember that. And uh, you know, we're here for you here at Globe Plug Yourself. We're here for you, uh-huh. especially if you want to, you know maybe purchase some ad time to talk about how you're loveless and um and by purchase some ad time we mean transfer money directly to chris and he'll just jam your ad you jam your product right into the middle well whatever it is uh it's uh fifovendito at gmail.com for e-transfers uh (laughs) password uh go lakers um and that's it you know you want to get some you want to you want to talk about soap that is has magical healing powers and it's going to heal your heart after a very bad pre-covid breakup let me know if there's uh if there's a a type of turnip that you think is the key to unlocking love between you and your soulmate let me know we'll cook up that turnip mm-hmm. um it's really about finding your inner chai inner chai yeah no like, like i mean I, I wasn't happy with uh the direction of this intro uh-huh and uh, I was really mailing it in. Okay. Yeah. I, so. I was trying to make you some money, buddy. That's all I was trying to do. I was no, no. Still, fifovendito at gmail.com. We don't hit us up. <laughs> I, we have an ad read right now, don't we? Four. Four. Do we have an ad read? <laughs> Stella Artois. Stella Artois. They love us. So they just don't know it. <laughs> I, the, you know, I think I, I talked about this once with, uh, with Walter way, way back in the way back. There was a, there was a brief period of time where I was actually in contact with the Paps Blue Ribbon, uh, like marketing people. And and like they were not offering money, but they were offering me free Paps. And I was like, that's not going to cut it, man. I don't want all the paps you can drink i have st- i have standards of beer <laughs> like did you run that by walther because i'm pretty sure he would have taken that oh yeah he would have signed up immediately yeah, signed sealed delivered he approved that <laughs> but that's it they were like oh like we'll give you like a couple cases every uh every few months if you uh if you put in a good word for for paps on on the show and i was like I don't why didn't you why didn't you take that deal because i like to shit properly and not have <laughs> weird gross does like paps, does paps affect your shitting 
Oh, very much so. It like any like that like PBR old Milwaukee. Uh, is this you being? Is this you being a snob when it comes to beer because you like loggers and shit and like fucking? No, 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 no. I, I mean, like it's it's just those like those weird like I can drink cheap Mexican beer like Tecate and all that stuff. I'm good with, but there's something about the cheap American beers. Like I said, Bud, Old Milwaukee, PBR. What are you running for president with this pandering to the Latino community? I'm just saying the different beers, man. I'm just saying like they just do not sit. You're gonna well. play Despacito like... next, aren't you? Oh yeah, completely out of context too. Just, just gonna start saying <laughs> it wasn't out of context. Louis Fonzi was there. <laughs> he was right there. He did the intro. <laughs> oh man, uh, we have what a guess, political right? thoughts, uh, James. <laughs> James, let's go. Religion my, and political my political thoughts. Uh, I mean, I guess I don't really have any that would be really out of the norm for anyone who is uh, hoping to avoid any type of uh, you know global destruction. <laughs> also, you're for uh, I'm for planet. the planet. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm for the planet. I would say as uh, it, on the periphery of of the cause <laughs> of, of the planet. Yeah, like I, I, in theory, I'm for the planet. I don't really, but you still eat at McDonald's. Yeah, I'll t- I'll tell you what though. I was I live across the street from a McDonald's, and the one that I is close to my apartment. They stopped taking walk-ins during like the, if you want to call it the height of COVID in the spring, and then that was like the longest I had gone without eating McDonald's. And then when I recently went back, I was like, oh, this kind of tastes like gross. If you're <laughs> If you hadn't eaten there in a while, there's like it's uh, it's really unenjoyable. So I think like shockingly, I might be done with McDonald's. Although oh, wow. the bre- the breakfast I still like. I think the, well, the breakfast is I think a lot closer to food. Well, they like, keep those eggs fresh. Yeah, but I mean, like, and it's also it's like an egg and a and a piece of cheese and an English muffin, right? Like there isn't like I guess like seasoning and whatever else is going into a, a burger patty. Yeah, no, it's a straightforward sandwich that wouldn't be that dissimilar than one that you would make at home if you had the little device to make the nice McDonald's style fried egg. Yeah, exactly. The the little the, egg the, rig. The, circle, the circle thing. Yes. Just Precisely. a fucking egg rig, boys. I worked I there for years. Was- I worked there for years. Uh, I had the same experience, by the way, uh, James. I was, we were, I have had McDonald's possibly once in 2020. And it was, uh, we were heading up north. Uh, we were stuck in real bad traffic. And we were like, okay, let's just pull over and wait out a bit of the traffic and grab a quick bite to eat. Roadside stop was McDonald's and had the exact same reaction. We were like, Big Macs, remember Big Macs? This is going to be amazing. And then we're like, Big Macs are kind of nasty. Like, yeah, I, I don't know if it's from just having gone so long without eating it to the point that your taste buds and your palate changes and it's able to recognize junky food. I mean, look, it would be really far fetched for me to say that I'm never going to eat anything non breakfast there again. I certainly will, but I would say that my relationship to McDonald's has changed. With that mm-hmm. said, though, in addition to the breakfast, the fries are still wonderful. Yeah, of course. McDonald's fries are just a whole other thing. Yes. I've I've often explained McDonald's French fries uh, in the same way as a Tim Hortons coffee, where they're not. It's not French fries, and it's not coffee, but they're their own thing enough that when like when that's what you want, that's what you need. Like I do not want Tim Hortons coffee when I want a cup of coffee, but if I want a Tim Hortons coffee, it's like it's a different desire. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And what's interesting about both of those items is if there is even something slightly off. It ruins the experience totally. Like if you get some McDonald's fries and they're pretty cold, like 
everything that's good about them is gone. And if you get kind of a, a janky roast that Tim Hortons, it's like, oh, it tastes like I'm drinking uh, pee. Yeah. Chris, what's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite coffee spot? Like, uh, just in general, you're you're Italian. You you have a you you do you have a refined coffee palate? I don't know if we've talked about this before or not. Um, my mother has four coffee machines, so really, we, we it's refined coffee palate over here. But my my favorite to go coffee, I guess, would be McDonald's coffee. That stuff's like, but again. That's kind of like rocket fuel, right? Like that's you're not getting a nice cup anywhere. Like you're you're that is that is a it's a tool to productivity. Is you're just gonna be awake and punch through a wall. Yeah, so the Kim McDonald's debate. Like, that's like the, it's <laughs> exactly those two coffees. I think are the two like I want a cheap cup of coffee. That's the battle. That's like the Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior of cheap filtered coffee. Is Tim Hortons versus <laughs> McDonald's. Yeah, Starbucks can fuck all, all the way off with their six dollar coffees, eh? Yeah, I I agree. I oh. don't I don't care much for Starbucks coffee at all. Somebody offers it to me, it's one thing. But if I have to, if I'm like something that we've uh, haven't done since the, before the pandemic, but when you go for the office coffee run, and everyone's like, "Oh, where are you going?" and I'm like, "McDonald's or Tim Hortons?" Oh, not Starbucks. I'm like, "How much do you think we make?" <laughs> Well, I'm going to tell you something. I have really been enjoying their new apple oat flat white seasonal beverage. Whoa. You know yeah. what? It's, you're, you're about $3 <laughs> off. And uh, when I buy it, I feel like a real loser. <laughs> you're, you're just like, you, you just drink it quickly and shamefully in the corner. Yeah, I mean, that's I tend to consume most of my consumables with that feeling of quick and shameful. Um, <laughs> but uh, absolutely pillaging. This is true. I agree with this. So. You know, about how uh, it, when the Starbucks first came out in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was just a straight up riff job of like Italian cafes. It's like, oh, we made a cappuccino. We're going to put it in something called a venti cup and charge you $6 for it. And then all the wops were like, fuck, that was a mistake. <laughs> that was an opportunity miss, boys, boys and girls. That it does that that does blow my mind that like, I, you know what? You know what I think it is? And And I mean, Chris, you're about to get real mad at me because i'm gonna i'm uh, i'm gonna be talking about italian culture like i i half know what i'm talking about because i'm just basing this on my mother-in-law basing it basing it on my mother-in-law and her sisters and her cousins and all that is i think that people uh like italians who came here like assimilated so hard they 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 exactly maybe too hard because there's like my my wife's generation they all love espressos they all have the espresso machine and stuff that's that's all fine but it's only recently that our mother's generation are getting the machines back, like getting the stovetop machines, getting the the counter machines and whatever. Because they all, when like when I started dating Sarah, they all drank like filter, like filter coffee from the coffee, like Mister Coffee Machine. And I was like, "What are you doing? You're an Italian household. Like you, you, I'm pretty Italian. Like most recent Italian born in Italy. Sarah's mom was born in Italy. That's that's a shame. I should give me give me her number. Your your mother in law's number. I need to call her and uh, 
You have to have a little bit of a talking to. That's 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 unruly. That can't be that can't be allowed. Yeah. No, but like they, they they've they've of course corrected. Around, I think. Yeah, they've course corrected, and now I can go there and I get a get a get a pretty good espresso from uh, from Nona Maria. Do they charge you for it? Yes, seven dollars. Okay, so it's cheaper to go to Starbucks then. You know, I, I, you guys, either of you watch Godfather too? I, I haven't seen any of the Godfather films. Wow, but here's the thing: it's not it's not anything to do with the Godfather films. I haven't really seen a lot of classic movies. That's fair. So when it comes to movies, I'm I'm kind of I'm aware of how they influence media. Like I haven't really seen anything from star Wars, but everyone knows kind of those iconic lines. So I'm, I'm like somewhat aware of things that happen in that film series. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make them two. an offer. You can't refuse. You're going to get that reference. Yeah, of course that, or like a horse head in the bed, or isn't there something with like orange peels in the oranges mouth? Are, or something oranges like are very uh, important for Coppola. I, I'm pretty sure he has a picture of an orange hanging over his bed. <laughs> well, that makes two of us. <laughs> you have a picture of an orange over your bed. You already. I've got, I've got like a variety of uh, fruit-based art. I'm looking to expand into the world of vegetable art soon. Too. <laughs> It'd be funny if it's not an orange, Chris. It's a blood orange. Um, yeah, I, I'm very specific about my fruit <laughs> citrus. Only yeah, the most hardcore specifically orange. citrus. That's where it's, it becomes a real, a real uh, sensitive topic. You haven't lived until you had an Australian lime. Look, you're telling me. <laughs> Just saying, Keith. Uh, are we? What, what's an what's, what's an Australian lime, Chris? I believe it's smaller, like a key lime, but even smaller. I believe so. I don't think key lime is an actual lime. Yes, key limes. Key limes are definitely a key limes are one hundred percent a lime. They're small. You know the conversation uh, peaks when we're talking about limes pies, mm. though. <laughs> What kind yeah, of pie? Are you, are you a key lime pie? I mean, are either of you key lime pies? That that is my be all end all pie. Like, James, where do you mean, stand on pies? I mean, I'll eat it, but I like it's not my preferred dessert. Pies in general, like I'll there's very few desserts I'll actively turn down. But you know, I mean, I'm down with it. I'll eat it. <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll take pies. Like a key lime pie is pro, is my my very tip top uh, dessert. Period. And then it's obviously my favorite pie. It's obviously my favorite dessert. I think second would be probably like a pecan pie. And then somewhere somewhere in there would be like a strawberry rhubarb pie. So you've got a power <laughs> ranking system is what you're saying, Keith. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. To the surprise of no one, I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of cake. But I'm I'm also like a big fan of pie and, and, and anything you put, you know, anything sweet, really. There's not, I mean... Uh, the, part of the problem probably is that there's not many desserts I wouldn't eat. I'm the, I'm sim, I'm same. Like I'll never I I will always make room for dessert. Like I was the you gotta eat this for dessert. Like I'll eat it pretty much anything. Like now, how crazy are you guys when you go over to someone's place? Do you judge what they provide as dessert in your head a bit? Uh, you know what? I I'm gonna go no. I'll go silently. No. I'll go. I think maybe there might be silent stuff, but I tend to like a lot of boring desserts. So, like, if someone was like, "Hey, I just baked up some fresh oats and oatmeal raisin cookies," I'd be stoked. I think I'll silently judge um, whether there is dessert or not. 
Like it can be a box of Timbits. I don't care. But if there's no dessert, I'm like, why did you invite me over? Oh, you know what? A box of Timbits, that would disappoint me. I think that would, I'd be actively disappointed because I only ever really want one or two before my mouth feels like it's totally filmed with like icing (laughs) sugar. (laughs) What about the coconut ones? Uh, yeah, I feel like that's like, it's like a nice treat at like the holidays. Like someone comes over and like, I brought coffee and Timbits. I feel but, you're just but shilling for Tim Hortons now. Are you sponsored by Tim Hortons? It's a, yeah, you get it's a holiday tradition. sponsored by Tim Hortons. But it's the problem with Timbits is it's also like a snack generally found in office break rooms. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think I'm, I I'm actually gonna... never eat the Timbits in the office break rooms because I, I, I don't know how many. And this is pre COVID. I don't know how many hands were in that box. That's a great point. You know, and now for going forward, that's something that we'll never see again. If we do a list of office break room habits or just office habits that we'll never see again, I think it's a pretty long list. I'm going to put it out out there. I actually think everything will go back to the way that it was. People will return to blowing out candles and birthday cakes. I just think we're doing that in June. (laughs) Yeah. At a certain point, everyone's just going to be like, ah, you know, I don't care anymore. Well, there was that there was that statistic that uh, there was like a, a poll or whatever that went out like a week or two ago where they were like fifty four percent of Canadians are going to see their family in one way or another for Thanksgiving. I was like, wow, Canada, like you started strong. We got to have the more like the high ground on the states for a while, but now like more than half of us were like, I don't I'm get the caveat. I don't get the caveat one way or another though. That could skew. That could be a, that could mean a variety of different things. Yeah, exactly. That it, it including does. Squadcast. Shout out to Squadcast. They're not hey. a sponsor, but they could be. They could be sponsor us. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's it. Because I guess that does include people who like drive up and are very safe and like don't leave the car and all that stuff. And no, just no, I was talking more people that are like on Zoom or on Facetime or because hmm. the way you interpret it. This is the problem with polling: is that you can fucking ask a question a certain way and interpret it a certain way and make it about what you want instead of what it's what the, the person who thought, who the person who was answering the question thought it was about. That's true. I'd have to double check the poll, but I think they I think they said in person. I don't know. They're watching a lot of Sorkin television lately, so you're uh, you're 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 ready for the newsroom to, to just like Do you ever hate watch like like you know television? I've absolutely done that. I did that with that Netflix show uh, Love. I did it with like the first two seasons of that show. Yeah. <laughs> I uh Love, love is the one with the the girl from Community and the yeah, guy. Gillian Anderson and uh, Paul Rust. Paul Rust, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that's super weird because it's one of those shows where you're like they're both kind of crappy people. Yeah, it's the show where no characters are likable. They, they, I'll tell you, there's two likable characters. They're very minor characters. It's uh, what's. Uh, Mr. E from uh, the Eels and Chantal Claret, who play uh, Jillian, Jillian Jacobs. Is that her name? Gillian. Oh, Gillian. yeah. I, see, I said Gillian Anderson. So I combined Jillian Anderson and Gillian Jacobs. Yeah. Gillian yeah. Jacobs. Uh, they're, they're her friends that uh, she they, who have kind of cut her out of her life. And they seem like they have it together. They seem like they're in a loving relationship. Uh, and they're in the, I have about 10 minutes of screen time across three seasons. And they're my favorite characters in the show. And well, I want nothing. That's, but- that's kind of a bad sign, though, when the best characters have 10 minutes of accumulative screen yeah. time in three seasons. Because you, you're, it's, I, I agree with you, though. I, we, that's we try to hate. want, you know, how do you think that was pitched, too? Like, hey, well, ladies, it's, really, it's based on Paul Rust and his wife's real, like, they're, they're, they're true. No, they, for the actors who are doing the role, it's like, hey, um, we're going to give you this great role, but we're barely going to use you. 
I mean, they're both musicians, so they probably didn't mind too much. Like, they both have other stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's they're, they're not just actors. Uh, but yeah, that whole entire show was apparently based on Paul Rust's actual relationship with his wife, and that was how they actually met. And I was like, this is not an endearing story. It's... <laughs> I now I actually find it more romantic. <laughs> like how many how many relationships manifest themselves to find a pathway to then being turned into a TV series? That's a that's Netflix greenlights anything though. The like, story of our generation. <laughs> and now we're a Netflix show. Um, isn't there a network show called? I don't know. This is off topic, but isn't there a network show that's like? called connecting that's like one of the first shows that was made in a pandemic world yeah i think it's it's recorded exclusively through like a zoom type application yeah i think it's like starting fairly soon everything everything happens in their own like isolated apartments or what have you well they they did i mean that already existed with the circle right like you could do the circle right now no problem because they're all isolated in their own i think this is a little bit less um Weird and insane. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. I think it's more genuine. I think it's t- toned down just enough for like an NBC slot. You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. it looks very cheery and sugary. Yeah. And what do they do? Is it just like it's just like online dating? Just I don't know. I haven't checked it out yet. I don't know if I'm gonna. I don't know. Yeah, if I gonna I definitely will never. <laughs> the only thing I know for sure that I'm gonna watch right now when it comes out is uh, Dwayne, the rock Johnson's the red notice on Netflix. See, I'm um, holding out for his relaunch of the XFL. That's going to be great. Especially <laughs> during a fucking pandemic where fans can barely come into the stands. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. But if anyone can find a way, it's going to be my boy, Dwayne. James, <laughs> did you, did you see my, fa- my, my, my most recent favorite Dwayne, the rock Johnson story. No, tell uh, me about this. He was on, a, on his way to work. Uh, cause, uh, you know, uh, iron sharpens iron and all that. Yep. And, um, the gate, no, he lost power and the gate wasn't opening to his home. The security oh, gate. Oh, right. He ripped the gate he off ripped of it. The like, fucking gate off. Yeah. He ripped the gate off its hinges. Daddy's got to go to work. And I'm like, this is the most, the rock story ever. It's going to work because he's ripping gates off their hinges so he can go to work. Yeah, it's it's how could it fail? People people have lost a lot of money betting against Dwayne the Rock Johnson in the last twenty years. So that 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 reminds me of my favorite uh, pro wrestler in reality story, which was when uh, when Daniel Bryan caught the thief and put him in the label lock. Oh, I think the fence is way more impressive. <laughs> yeah, it's way more way more impressive. It's way more more, yeah. more impressive, like beef wise. But like, you could get somebody in the label lock. But but like an actual criminal, like he like t- took down a criminal, then put him into the label lock. Like, yeah, but, ripped a but Dwayne, yeah, he ripped a fence out of the ground. It was probably like, <laughs> like it's probably powered by electricity. Like, no, power I'm sorry, man. I got to give this to Dwayne. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel that it's just like the the heroism of man versus man versus the just blind strength of ripping a gate out of the man ground. versus machine i mean yeah like he took down like a burglar but the burglar probably wasn't that impressive if daniel bryan has taken him out oh, lock, oh, lock, oh. Lock beat up a fence <laughs> not just beat up like court 
tore Torch life out from it, and in, and saved and saved the future because that fence would go on to form Skynet had he not. And, done and, that. Yeah, but here's and the, the thing: here's he wasn't going to let the crew down by going to work. Exactly, the Rock was able to maintain the employment of a variety of people. He would have worked. He's a bigger hero than than anyone right now. He was saving more jobs than the President of the United States is. There you go. So he got and he got COVID. Two against one, Keith, and he beat COVID. Yes. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Would Dwayne the Rock Johnson make a better like, He's gonna run for president, boys? It's he could he's setting it up. He's, yeah, he'll be president one day. He's <laughs> never before uh, endorsed any politician and he's endorsed somebody this year. He endorsed, he endorsed Biden and he endorsed Biden Harris. And uh he looked great in the video where he was endorsing Joe he Biden did. and Kamala Harris. Like he for sure took a cycle of steroids like a couple weeks before filming. Yeah, he had, he had a baby gap small on. Yeah. Like a <laughs> like a like a two a two to toddler. He someone, iced, someone just spray painted his, a shirt his onto nipples him. before the shoot to make sure they were fully erect, I think. And in a very politically savvy move, he made sure he did not show his mansion at all. And it was yeah. just a picture of him behind his forest. Yeah. You know, super smart. <laughs> And like he's always said, twenty twenty four was kind of where he was looking. What's he got left to prove? Making movies. He's kind of he's never going to be. He did. He's, it. Never, he's he, done everything that he's going to do. Yeah, the XFL is another step in that direction. I feel. Get some management. Uh, get some management experience. Yep. And then, uh, then just run the bit, save a business. I'm going to save America. Save the XFL. If anyone's going to do it, he's going to go from saving the XFL to America. Could you imagine the campaign video you can make of just him ripping that fence? Dwayne, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna need you to reenact that for us. We can get it on film, so we could get it to the. It might already be on film. <laughs> you know, and I'm saying he's like like if he has some sort of like backup power on his security cameras, it probably already exists. I don't think he does. I think that was a that was a that was a weakness in the. Uh, Dwayne Johnson Empire, where obviously he didn't have a backup generator for a security fence, and I'm sure no, no, that the cameras. In. But the cameras oh, might have the backup the power. Fence, why would he have it for the cameras? Because I mean, like, like you or I can commercially I buy a camera that has a battery backup on it. <laughs> like, why? Yeah. Why would Dwayne not buy that? Well, these are questions for for the eventual president elect. Um, yeah, I was going to say for the eventual guest on this podcast. I was going to say, yeah, you got to get him on the show down the road so he can plug his campaign. Yeah, yeah, that's the first stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a Canadian podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dwayne, we reached like hundreds of people. Yeah. Sometimes we have a thousand downloads. <laughs> yeah, the, the the people of Villamard really want to hear from you. Yeah, they do. <laughs> like get out, get out the vote in Canada. Oh. Have you seen that Canadians, by the way, uh, like doing phone banking for Biden? I have, not heard, I have not heard here? anything about. Canadian. I saw Niall Sagan yeah. post that. I saw Niall Sagan, a comedian, post about it. So they're 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 doing the like, hello, are you registered to vote and like all that all that stuff? But like, yeah, I guess anybody could volunteer for that. You yeah, to even... be fair, to Niall, I didn't read it long enough to know if he was making fun of it or not. I don't know what his intention was with that post. I don't even know if I read the right thing. I'm just throwing it out there, guys, because it's a weird time for information. <laughs> it is. It's, it's terrifying. Like, it, it's so... 
I feel we're getting a taste of like, like a taste of dystopia. Like, like this is just like the entree of you're like, oh, you're not allowed to leave your house because there's some sort of terrible disease. Everything's on fire, but like try to keep working. And the only source of information is coming to you from a uh, like a little screen where there's multiple forces manipulating every piece of information that like filters manages to get into your house and you have no way of checking it other than that same screen keith like, i think i think you've fully been pulled down to the into the depths of despair by the dark yeah. hand of sadness yeah keith mm-hmm. you uh i mean having- I, I don't know i i uh i went to the mall the other day and had a great time <laughs> when, <laughs> we when, all meet in a provico yeah i went i went shopping i bought some bought some shirts I'll tell you what. Took a couple walks today. Saw some uh, friends in a respectfully spaced out manner. Look at I I'm. I'm I feel like I'm on vacation. I. I. Uh, I don't hate this. Yeah. No, I just there's um. There's an argument to be made that's brought us closer together with people that are in our lives and stuff. It's uh, there is positives to look at. I, I, I totally agree. I think there's a variety of silver linings that will come out of this. And then we'll forget about them and go back into eating from a communal box of donut holes. <laughs> putting our hands into people's chips. Putting bags. our hands into people's bags of chips. into Sharing people's cigarettes. People's boxes of donuts and putting your hands back into people. Ugh. I'll share cigarettes. Oh, I'll my. share joints, but I'll never share cigarettes. Well, we have okay, but sharing a joint, same same deal. Like passing no, a joint, different. <laughs> I want to know if this is going to change. No, COVID, COVID, the pot kills the COVID, bro. <laughs> I think uh, I want to know if people are going to be a little bit more dissuaded from smoking sidewalk butts from now on. <laughs> Just, I, I mean, if you're smoking sidewalk butts, I feel that like the Rona. Before COVID, I feel like you're still doing it after. Yeah, yeah. you're just rolling the dice you, every time you're you're going for that. Oh man, we're rolling the dice every time we get into a car, Keith. No, <laughs> Keith, man, you got to look on the bright side. You get That's to, why I don't drive. You're recording. You get to. You're married. You're recording a podcast. You're you're exercising your freedom to create things. It's not so bad, and you can go to the mall and buy shirts. <laughs> You're really plugging this mall deal, uh, James. Are you sponsored by the mall? I'm actually opening up my own mall. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Positivity Corner. With yeah, James the Positivity Marie. Corner. There's we sell uh, artisan candles, and I've also got a variety of fruit-based art. <laughs> <laughs> and every time, and, and lots of pie. Yeah, lots of pies. Yeah, lots of pies. So it's got a little bit of everything that only <laughs> some people want. <laughs> Are you somebody? Then maybe we have something for you. Yes. Who knows? Come on down. Yeah, it, it's, it all happens in my apartment. Uh, it's pretty small, but I think that we've got a uh, a nice a nice quality shop for future customers. But we have tape along the floor, so you'll know where to stand. Yeah, there. I, I've I've made arrow shapes out of green painters tape. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, Keith, we're ready, feel man. Free, Don't feel free to completely ignore them. I always feel like I was in I was in the SAQ the other day and I'm like I yeah, I you were posy. Hey, I took I, I take those floor arrows very seriously and but like it's so ridiculous that I take it seriously when I see someone else like walking I'm like what is this guy even doing there's arrows and I'm like just it's arrows. Well yeah the the thing is that uh 
You know, I, I found it to be a little disruptive pre-mandatory masks, but now since everyone's wearing masks, it's like, well, I mean, I don't know. There's no one down this aisle, and I really want to get this box of Cheerios, so I'm going to break the rule here before the store closes at 11 o'clock. I think as long as people are trying to be cool with each other, some people don't care, but a lot of people are just trying to do the best that they can. We're all also trying to get used to living by a new set of rules that we have never lived before, so... Is it that different, though? I feel that they're like, you wouldn't turn, like, everybody knows not to turn down a one-way street. Just. Not, some people some people don't actually know not to turn down a one-way street. I think yeah, they get true. all fucking shocked and surprised when it's a one-way street. And it's like, well, buddy, what were you looking at, you know? And, and the other thing, too, is, Keith, not to be, uh, not to play devil's advocate, going down a one-way lane in a grocery store is currently not an illegal crime. You don't have to pass a test to go to a grocery store. That is true. That is true. I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm pro COVID. <laughs> You're coming out as pro COVID. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm. Uh, whatever. Whatever that side would be. There's very. There's so few of us that I feel like someone needs to speak out in favor of. So is COVID-19. is this because uh, you have the longest running daily night like night show of, of Montreal COVID time, Keith? That segue was truly incredible. Uh-huh. That was masterful, Keith. <laughs> that was very good. Uh, I, you know what? I have to be totally honest and say that I probably 99% chance never would have started that project had it not been for all of the free time that suddenly found me in the month of March. So yeah, there, there's something to be said about the the freedom to create that COVID has provided and start to lean in a little bit to stuff that maybe you imagined working on and now you get the ability to work on it without the worry that people uh, have anything better to do. And you, and I also will say that you, you stuck with it. Like there was that period. Oh yeah. Like, like March, like March, mid March, when it all went down to like mid April, everybody was like, I have a talk show on the internet or whatever. And then it yeah. all, like, it all filtered hey, away. Not, there, Keith. not, uh, not at home with James though. Daily. Yeah, well, here's here's like what happened. So what you're saying, Keith, is exactly what I kind of forecasted to have had happened because like everything changed on that. What was it? The second Thursday. It was the day after the NBA season got put. Yeah, March twelfth. Yeah, so I started the Monday after, and I've been uh, collaborating on it with a friend of mine, uh, Dave Kaufman, and I told him like that first night. I think we had like close to fifty viewers, and he's like, "This is crazy." We're going to, we're going to get this every night or somebody said that maybe not Dave. And I was like, no, this will taper off just like everything else will No, (laughs) when, when everyone started their online shows in my brain, I was like, oh no, I've created a trend. Like I was annoyed. I was annoyed by my own behavior. But then I also realized I, if if this is going to pick up or if I'm even going to get decent at this, I'm going to need to really, uh, bear down and buckle down and just try to give this a go. So up until about three weeks ago, I was doing every every weeknight, Monday to Friday from 9 to 10 o'clock. The show started on Instagram and we moved over to Twitch, which is like the most unesthetically pleasing website in 2020. Um, and I mean, only- you, can make, you can make the stream look any way you want. Though, exactly. That was the benefit. It's it part, like, uh, part of its charm. It's part of the charm. It's kind of like it's carrying on the legacy that, 
geosities set up in the late 90s and 2000s. But up until about a couple of weeks ago, I was doing five nights a week. I've transitioned to Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 9 to 10 with some room for spillover. And then we'll do one Sunday morning special a month and one Saturday night special a month. And the whole reason Saturday that was- I exactly it's it's the Friday it's the Saturday night's main event of local streamed uh, conversation and comedy um, and I only went down to three nights a week just because I needed to get back to work in the evenings and start teaching again but uh, yeah that was Vince, a great great Vince, segue Vince sounds like he would love this it sounds like Vince would love this plan hey, wow, hey, wow, I would be wow. I'd be either wow. number one on his hit list or all the way at the bottom. Cause he'd be like, this guy doesn't even have a lot of viewers. I don't care what he does. This, this guy had to adjust from five nights a week to a different version of five nights a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If anything, Vince would be impressed. He'd be like, his ability to adjust is unbelievable. Yeah. He's going to offer you a contract. James uh, fill in the money. What do you need? If he offers me a contract, I'm going to go down to zero nights a week. <laughs> That's it. What do you, whatever you need, Vince. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was just gonna. I was gonna say that like you you can't get you can't get over on your own, right? Like if if this if that's not a WWE product, you're not allowed to have your own online talk show anymore. Basically, that that's a no no these you days. Want to grab the brass ring, Keith? I, yeah, I I would absolutely be screwed in the WWE. But I think like a lot of that stuff will just shake itself out. Like people get bent out of shape when they create rules or whatever. But it's like a re like it's a reactionary company. Like I get them wanting to maintain their characters integrity. If they've created the character, that totally makes sense to me when they're kind of trying to take over at people's real live, real life, rather projects are, that's when it gets weird, but they're a weird company. It's like this fake Hollywood production company that like cannot totally rid itself of the weirdness of wrestling. The wrestling world is bizarre (laughs) and weird. And it's like the only whatever, conglomerate that one guy runs he's just this old weird guy that runs wrestling <laughs> like an, an old weird dude with like like carny sensibilities yeah like it's it i i was i'm always fascinated by listening to him talk when he's doing non-wrestling related media or whatever because like i just have this weird theory that like he so desperately wants to be thought of as like smart and intelligent and certainly he is he's clearly not some type of fool or whatever but I also think that he probably is so detached from reality. Like this guy, I can't even imagine knows how much like food costs. <laughs> well, actually, now that you bring that up, his wife did bring up in, in a congressional hearing that she thought a carton of milk cost ten dollars. Well, there you go. So, like, a, if maybe like in Calgary, those may be Calgary prices. Um, but yeah, like you know, he's a weird guy. But uh, luckily, he does not oversee what I do on Twitch three nights a week. Well, that you know of. I'm sure there's some anonymous viewers. Like, yeah, <laughs> just tuning in every night, baby. No, he's busy reading. He's busy uh, ghosting, ghost reading Reddit fucking boards. You know. Oh, if, if Vince, what are they like, saying? Vince was scouring Reddit, like that would be like he'd get so much cred in the wrestling world, right? Like if you found out Vince had. That's like a great an, sketch. An account on Reddit. That's fantastic. I'm sure this guy doesn't even use computers. Like he's probably. I would just, I would love to talk to that guy so badly, unfiltered to just be like, hey man, like I'm not recording this. So if you want to just shoot the breeze, it would probably be like talking to like an alien. <laughs> I bet he is so socially awkward that it's just because he only exists in one. It's like, 
if you never left your job, if you're always at the office, you don't know what's happening in the real world. You don't watch TV. You don't watch movies. You don't know what's going on. It's like if you just stayed in the, your offices at Bell all day, your whole life was Bell. He's for I've, sure a freak. I've always wondered. I think the, the 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 thing that would blow my mind even more so than just sitting down uh, and talking with Vince would be to be like an invisible fly on the wall to see what a conversation between Vince McMahon and Donald Trump is like, like a candid them just hanging out. It's, it's like probably them like making fun of people just like everyone does when they hang out with their friends. We're all just making fun of people. Um, I'd be more interested in listening to him and Linda talk. Like, what are they talking about in bed at night? It's like, well, yeah, I got to do the laundry tomorrow. That's no. not, I don't think that comes up. No, they probably don't even sleep in the same bed, which is fine. I mean, that's a, you know, a social construct that we all abide by, but do we need to? I don't know. <laughs> is it weird if you don't? Let's talk about it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's weird if you're in a relationship and neither of you feel good about it. But if you're like maybe Vince and Linda or whatever, and you're fine having your own separate bedrooms and Hey, go for it. He's probably like, texting somebody about the third segment of smackdown at four o'clock in the morning anyway so paul paul wake up <laughs> shit They're separate beds separate houses i'm sure even well, what makes you think they even stay in the same home yeah these days? i mean i'm sure well, vince has been having affairs for years <laughs> bombs dropped by james i'm sure linda knows too I'm sure. I mean, I mean, I'm sure Linda's had affairs for years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Like they probably have an arrangement where like they don't talk. And if that's what they want to do, that's great too. It's called the Clinton deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Powerful people and have powerful vices. Well, look that, you know, the more insular your life becomes, I think the weirder you get. So Vince and Linda, they're probably getting freaky. (laughs) Yeah, there's. I don't even want to go down. <laughs> Cornette has some theories. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. So back back to at home with James. Yeah. Just, just real quick. So it's. Ba- it, I've watched a few episodes. It's a. It's a talk show that you like. You're that you're just sort of pulling pulling mostly Montrealers from all across the board to to just be conversational. You were originally doing. Um, I guess theme nights. Are you still doing theme nights or is that definitely gone through like a variety of iterations just because I'll like, I just will wake up. I'm like, I'm bored of doing this. Let's change it. So at first it was like when, when the fun of COVID was present, it was kind of like those early, (laughs) remember the fun COVID. Yeah. It was like, I I've been kind of likening it to when you're a kid and the electricity goes out and it's like, we're going to get some candles and board games. Everyone was kind of, there was something about, the excitement of when like the power goes out. So the first little bit, I was just getting like various people that I knew through comedy. We'd come on and we'd talk about like, okay, how are you dealing with the ins and outs of not being able to perform? And then we'd move on to theme nights where every guest would contribute to a theme and then it would turn into a theme week. So we did like one week was all about Canadian musical content. And then we did like a best and worst of the nineties week. And then that shifted to more, uh, more, comedy and less conversation so bringing on comedians who you know had experience in doing solo character pieces so we would do that and now it's kind of found like a happy medium because i you know at a certain point i would get bored just talking to people doing characters so 
it kind of fluctuates. Like I'm going to, I'm going to do an episode tonight. Sammy Zayn is coming on. So we'll just go long form for the hour. And you know, it, it just, it, it changes with my tastes. And anytime we discover something new that we want to do with the show, I have people that I collaborate. I mentioned Dave Kaufman. I was able to, uh, again, just by way of the benefit of the internet, uh, kind of hook myself up with uh, improviser and sketch performer based out of uh, Vancouver named Carla Moss. So she's been helping with the show too. So we kind of just throw ideas around and anything that kind of piques our interest, we go that direction. So it's kind of ever changing. Yeah. So th- this is like, I guess a, like I will not, I wouldn't say the full departure, but like you're, you're known, I guess in Montreal, most prominently as an improviser. Yeah. I, like if, if, you know, on some days it's an improviser, some days it's wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it's, but the, so this is like now, I guess you're, you're, you're turning host, but it still seems like obviously there's a ton of improv all in the show, right? Like if you're, if you're like in the host role, talking to someone doing character work, that's basically uh, still an improv piece. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, so the, the benefit of what we've been doing is a lot of the people will come on and they'll either play new characters or characters that will be recurring just based off of things that they find funny. Or if I think one character is particularly engaging, I'll have them come back. So from my perspective as, as the host, I'm able to understand the sensibility of the characters and kind of get a feel for where the conversation is going. But it's very, 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 um, loose, rarely scripted. If I'm working with someone and they're like, if you could just drop this line, that would be great. I'll accommodate that. But otherwise it's, it's fairly open. Not, not any different than what we're doing right now. Uh, of course, we're all trying to get used to not being in front of audiences. And it's tricky because audiences through their laughter and through their audible responses kind of give you an indication of what works or maybe what isn't working. So you're able to kind of use that as a green light, red light with what we're doing right now or what I do on at home is kind of just following the feelings of, Oh, this is fun. Let's keep, let's keep following this little bit of uh, information and see what can sprout from there. We don't have an audience kind of letting us know what's working. So you kind of just need to veer towards your instinct and hope that what you're doing is interesting to the people that are sitting on their couch or at their computer chair. Do you, uh, do you, do you keep the episodes uh, up live? I know Twitch allows you to keep a few things up. Is that what you're doing or is it, do you have to tune in live? No, you can tune in live, but we, we are able to bank the episodes for up to 14 days. And right now what we do is we're migrating everything over to YouTube. So when we've got kind of like a nice channel ready to go, we'll be launching that it's available now. So if people ever want to see uh, former segments or whatever. I think with YouTube's rules is you need to have like a hundred subscribers in order to have an actual URL. So right now I'm stuck at like youtube.com slash three Q uppercase a. So right now it's not like it's not the greatest URL, but right now everything for the most part, including what we did on Instagram is banked either on Instagram or on YouTube. You can what's probably, the, uh, what's the, what's the YouTube uh, handle there? Right now, I can't get a YouTube handle because we don't have enough. Oh, okay, sorry. Drivers. But but if you but if you search, if you just if you punch it in the search yeah, into you YouTube, like at home with James, you know Montreal comedy, uh, you know uh, Canada, something like that. What I'll do is I'll hook you up with a URL, uh, Keith and Chris, so we can throw this up. I'll we'll get we'll do like we'll put it through one of those short URL generators. Uh, okay. I, I was gonna say I was like I feel that there's a couple of them that you even sort of can can mess around with and, and kind of maybe make your own URL, right? Like you might be able to do some sort of forwarding. You might want to look into that. I'm that's, saying. Yeah. Now it's, I it's actually a really easy, I just did it boys. 
uh, of people, go go. Just type in "at home with James" in in your YouTube search engine, and it's literally the first video that pops up. Boom! Oh. Here we go. So, uh, rock and roll. So subscribe. Yeah, please do get, that. Please. Get the man a URL. Get, get, him, get up yeah, to that, that yeah, it's Mostly just so I we can get like a proper URL. But yeah, the the whole experience has been a lot of fun. It's been nothing but time on my hands to kind of work on this. And you know, there's some episodes that work, and there's some that you leave, and it's like, well, that was rough, but. The benefit of doing the five nights a week is you don't have a lot of time to sit and wallow in your feelings of failure. You can just kind of dust yourself off and, and go back to it the next day. So that's, yeah, you know, that's, uh, it's interesting because literally today I was like talking to a few comics and we were talking about how the beginning of the pandemic, there were a lot of us that were like turned off by doing anything on the internet because it's like, well, what corner of the internet hasn't been on like, figured out yet what yep. like, what market hasn't been cornered and you immediately jumped on something and made something that was different and was fresh and is a format now that you've built over six months so that you're ready for the second wave where a lot of people right now are, are kind of in our in our business are feeling helpless uh, the artistic community is at, i think the mood is at an all-time low because we had a little taste of being back in, in front of live audiences and then i was gone and you've kind of like steady built your the ship now to where it's like you're launching things you're you're launch, you're looking for youtube subscribers you're you're you you have a foundation built where a lot of comics now are going to be trying to replicate that success well and, and that's like the, the i think the internet is a great tool for that um i hear what you're saying like i i know that uh when everything started on instagram i immediately had like oh great now everyone's doing it so we're all just going to saturate the market and none of us will be able to kind of reap the rewards but then once you get over kind of those resentful feelings it's like well no this is a great time for people to try stuff and the other great thing is if it doesn't work you can just change it or do something new and uh i mean like uh Chris, for folks like us, our our whole identity is getting on stage and being in front of a crowd. So not having that, you can either kind of like go on break, which is a totally feasible option, you know, get in touch with whatever other things you might be interested in, whether it's, you know, writing or doing a puzzle. It doesn't right now is a great time where you don't need to do anything. It's hard not to feel like you're wasting time because that's all we've got on our hands. But at the same time, too, uh, the internet can afford us a lot of good that we can experiment with and remember that you don't have to be bound to anything if you're not having fun doing it. Cause right now it's, it's going to be, it was already hard monetizing comedy in front of audiences in this city right now. It's like, okay, well I, I guess I'm not going to make any money doing anything online. So it's a cool time not to sound whatever uh, optimistic, even though we all know that I'm, I'm pro COVID um, <laughs> yeah, it's, to, noted. It's, it's almost like there's no excuse not to experiment if you want to be doing something if you just want to wait for crowds to come back that's totally cool too but if you want to be doing something there's there's nothing but uh freedom to do that and i think there's something exciting about that because maybe for the first time ever things don't need to be precious mm-hmm. i mean that's a good that, point that's a very very uh, I was going to say, I was like, that That was always been the, the outlook of the podcast. Because like we never, I never, like I'm obviously happy when a bunch of people downloaded and people tell me that they listen or whatever. But I was like, oh, I just like to sit down with my friends and creative people and, and talk. And then uh, 200 some odd episodes later, we actually do, like we have listeners and stuff. And that that's kind of fun. But it's like, I think to your point, 
James, you're at this stage, there's no audiences anyway. So pick the thing that you're going to enjoy doing and do it. And then maybe you'll build an audience that way. Maybe you'll just get to do something you enjoy. Who knows? I can't wait till James hits the stage where there's a subreddit of every one of his shows. Oh, that's, going- that's and, and Vince McMahon is scouring through it like uh, this little prick has been talking about it. Uh, <laughs> But I mean, to, to be to be fair, that's like a, a these these days. That's a, that's a quick way to get signed over at AEW, right? If you're a, I have a big internet fan base, and, a, and and don't mind dropping shits on Vince here. Hey, look, I'll uh, give me a contract. I'll I'll go and I'll do their podcast too. I'll just be I'll be the water boy AEW. I don't mind. Uh, <laughs> but I think kind of like getting back to what we were talking about. I think now, uh, Chris, I'd love to hear your perspective on this. I suspect that everyone, because you mentioned it, like is going through now that things are worsening, I guess worsening. I don't know. It feels like it was worse early on than now, because now, again, we can go to the mall and buy clothes. Uh, um, <laughs> at James's mall that's about to open. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's plenty. Uh, we're slowly integrating shirts into our uh, line of products. Um, but only tiny ones, so you look ripped. Yes, exactly. It's We call it the uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson collection. Um, <laughs> I'm curious on your end, Chris, uh, for you to expand on something you mentioned, like that, is there like a real feeling of despair, whether it's in the stand up or sketch community of like, oh no, like it's going to be even longer now? I think there is. I think yeah. there's less certainty. Uh, I think there's there's a lot of people that, like you said, a big part of their identity is what they do on stage. And it's tough for people, and it's tough for people that don't do that to understand it. Mm-hmm. But it it's it's a part of you that you can't be right now you can't be that person and and it's it's harder for some than others i think i think it's easier for people who've done this for a number of years Mm because they're just like well what the fuck it is what it is like this is what we're this is what we're living in a strange time it sucks it's harder for i think people who are just starting out whether they're doing sketch or or stand-up because they have this you have this this part of you that takes over when you first start out where you're so invigorated to do and to consume as much comedy as you can. And that, that outlet's not there. So I, I would imagine it's harder. I mean, financially it's obviously harder on people who have made a name for themselves, but mm-hmm. I think for the, for locally, it's the, it's the kids, the kids, you worry about the kids, James, you know, it's like, how, how are they doing? Cause you don't want them to, to lose that you want some people to lose that drive, but you don't want. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, like people that. just like people who just found their passion, and then this happens. Well, and I think that's probably something that that's like uh, goes across the board uh, in the comedy community in Montreal, whether it's stand up or sketch or solo performance or improv or whatever. How things are going to shake out when this is done? Like, will there be people who are just like, ah, you know what? I, I gave up because it took too long to come back. Is it going to be kind of a tighter? um world and scene just based off of uh lack of volume or whatever it's interesting to see how things shake out too because i i also think that there's there's going to be fewer venues when well, we've, the, seen, we've seen that already yeah we've already seen our a bunch of our beloved venues close right like, i mean everyone who's in the bar in the restaurant injury re- restaurant injury it directly affects the comedy industry in, the, in this city just by the fact that you're you're taking away opportunities for for shows to take place when all mm-hmm. these venues close down mm-hmm. and the last thing in the world that you want to see happen is more of the comedy because there's been comedy venues that are shut down mm-hmm. and i mean losing losing the, like, the improv shut down right that, yeah that that was that was killer 
I mean, that was killer for the scene. It was a splendid fucking room to do comedy in, and a place where p- people who work to work to a certain point when they could produce their own shows could go there and run a professional show, and that's gone. And that limits the options for people. Like the big thing for me is something that James has said earlier about when he when he first started the, the stream, there was immediately a bunch of people, other people doing this, like a similar thing. That's I feel veteran comics, whether they're sketch performers or or standups or or improv, they're more weary of trying something new like that, and they're more careful with their choices. Where there's a desperation for people who are just starting out, who want to be like, I gotta stay relevant, I gotta I gotta stay current, I gotta stay out there. So they're 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 putting out the bad content that that mm-hmm. might, like James said, scare away people from the format and not give you a chance, even if you're what you're doing is high quality. Like James is doing is is much higher quality work than what some six month open micers doing on his Instagram. <laughs> yeah, and I thank you for saying that, Chris. It's one of those things where, like I mentioned, like our immediate instinct is like, oh God, I just created this thing and now everyone's doing it or whatever. But I think on the flip side, if I'm not looking at it from like a crusty, uh, angry perspective, is okay, well, maybe it takes whether it's me doing it or someone doing it to again help foster. Yeah. Not to, I, don't, I hesitate to say permission, but for people to go, oh, okay, I didn't realize that was a thing that we could do. But ultimately, like the people that want to continue doing stuff will continue doing it. And whether things are kind of a fad of the month, you know, and this is not something that's just limited to online streaming or whatever. I'm not the first person to create an online talk show. There's nothing there's nothing particularly ingenious about anything I've done, but it happens all the time, whether it's streamed or just live comedy. Someone creates a new sketch show and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, here's something that was a direct derivative of that. But I think it's, there's something to be said again, if we're looking at things from a more positive and optimistic standpoint, sometimes all it takes is one thing to happen for people to go, Oh, this is rad. Like I seeing that Walter is still doing his, uh, his nightly horror movie. So many, so many nights of horror. It's great. You know, it's just like, I think it's important that if people have the urge to want to create stuff, to find a way to do it, whether it's on Instagram live or YouTube or Twitch uh we we've talked about it ad nauseum now there was that explosion of online sketch or online uh storytelling or whatever i think that going into this i guess so-called second wave i think that we're going to see more of it and i'm excited because i think the snow will bring a lot of sadness which will then keep people at home and drive them to twitch.tv slash at home with james oh that's I, i pulled a keith i pulled a keith Boom! Yep. Excellent segue. Solid bumper into the uh, the questions, eh? <laughs> yeah. And then we'll exactly. Well, I was going to say. I know you you mentioned uh, you're going to have Sammy on tonight, so we we, we don't want to keep you too long. So we're going to finish on. Oh, it's no worries. I got plenty of time. Wow. Listen, so you're, I'm trying to I'm trying to put over the guest. You know, you're like you get the. Hey, 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 hey! Now at home with James may have booked uh, Sammy Zane, and that's adorable. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, we, we booked the host. We booked James McGee. Yeah, and the host of that. Like, look, I think like we have to do some type of crossover where you guys now come on as a tandem onto At Home with James. Keith, I tried to have Keith on in the past during the Instagram days, but for some reason, his Instagram account couldn't connect. We'd only get like 30 seconds of audio and then he would disappear. So now that we've, you know, really upgraded our setup, we have to do some type of uh, 
go plug yourself visits at home with James. This is the new sure. hanging out now. It's like neighbors popping over, having a dinner, then you pay it forward the next time around. I'm ready exactly. for it. It's like hanging out, but we all have our own shows. <laughs> yes, exactly. It becomes this nice, uh, nice incestuous way of helping each other. There you go. I mean, who says no, really? Right. I agree. <laughs> so we're going to hit it. We're going to hit five questions to to wrap this up james these are new questions you haven't done these ones yet awesome. i think you, you may have been be one of the only guests who's done every iteration of five questions because we have you on basically every every year or two and we cycle out the questions every year or two i'm, so. I'm ready for this uh question number one what do your thoughts sound like james mcgee what do my thoughts sound like yeah is it uh, do you think in pictures and sounds and oh and no, it's, and it, it and is screams? my voice in my brain it's just my voice in my brain i wake up in the morning it's like well i guess i better have coffee but i gotta lay here a little bit longer to make sure that i you know i've gone through every instagram story that i see before i have coffee Whoa. yeah you just so you're just monologuing the whole time it's yes it's an internal monologue that goes through various levels of mood and emotion are you uh, frantically skipping through stories you know, that well, you're uninterested in, you know, or I, I, are you I giving mean, every story a shot? I'll be honest. There's plenty of people that I've muted on Instagram, not because <laughs> I dislike them, but it's like their content. I'll, I'll keep them on my feed, but the stories, it's like there's only so many motivational memes that I could see. Like if it's, you know, I enjoy a motivational meme once in a while if it strikes, strikes the, the mood right, but. 10, 11 in one day, like it's not for me, but at the same time, I'm sure since I've been uh, feverishly promoting the at home show, I have been muted by a multitude of people. And I knew that that's I, ju- I, I just actually unmuted you. Okay, there we go. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> Finally got unmuted. Uh, question number two uh, What was your favorite thing to eat as a child? Oh, favorite thing to eat as a child. I, you know, I guess I got to go pizza, pizza, or like steamies. I would say those two are like neck and neck in the race of favorite, favorite kid foods. And I still very much like both. <laughs> your, your, your palate never, never matured. Uh, no, I still very much enjoy, uh, you know, kind of like junk food, like pizza, hot dogs in this, the past week I have consumed 10 burgers. I'm trying to like, really perfect making homemade burgers that I enjoy the taste of. So I had burgers nine and 10 today. Wow. What were your thoughts on nine and 10? Uh, What'd you you do differently? Well, what I've been doing recently is I found this guy on, on YouTube name, uh, George Motes, I think is his name. And he's like this burger expert who wrote a couple books on burgers. I found this video where he's like, if you make this burger this way, I think it's called like an Oklahoma smash burger. He's like, you won't have to put condiments on your burger. So he does like just salt and a bunch of thinly sliced white onion, just really smushes the burger super thin, throws it in the pan or the flat top, flips it once, puts the cheese on, bun, a bit of pickle. I've been doing that and I've really been loving my life when it comes to burgers. I've I've become condimentless on my burgers. How about that? I was going to say, I'm, I'm really excited for the burger place. It's going to be at James's mall. Yeah, the only problem is there's no air filtration, so please do not alert health officials. But I will send you the link to this guy's burger video. It's like three and a half minutes. Oh, I'm going get to my, get my winter burger on. Yeah, you're going to want to. Um, 
Question number three, what is the uh, best or worst thing about growing up? The best or worst thing about growing up, I would say like the worst thing is when you connect to stuff that no one really prepares you for as a kid, but it's all like kind of low. Like when you're a kid, no one's like one day you're going to like the money you make, some of it won't go to you and it'll go to the government. Like people <laughs> don't like when you, when, like when you're a kid, you just run and you don't care about the way that you look or whatever. Now, like if you're trying to beat a red light, like no one ever tells you, yeah, when you grow up, you're, when you have to run to catch a light, you're going to look like a wimp. Like <laughs> running as an adult, you become so it's just like, it's such a sad state of affairs. The best thing about growing up, it's gotta be like you, you learn and experience brand new things, right? Like that's gotta be it. Do we have to be more specific? Like I, no, I, I don't think so. I make my own burgers. Now I get to do what I want. Can eat yeah. steamies whenever you want, and, and and go fuck yourself. Ketchup. How about that? That's what and, James. You know what? Said. I I still love ketchup. I love it. I love it on fries, certain things, and I I will eat it on a burger again one day. But right now, I'm totally GFY on a burger for sure. <laughs> that was a great question. I'm gonna that that one. I'm gonna internally monologue and answer all night. <laughs> <laughs> question uh, number four uh, comes from our previous guest. Uh, who Sean Campbell at TSN 690 asks, if you were to murder somebody, sniper, close up with a, a knife, oh. or by pose by poison, excuse me, Jesus, which is the method you would choose? I would I would have never suspected such a morbid question from such a happy-go-lucky Montreal radio personality. It really shocked us. It yeah, really yeah, we were like, like, well, that got dark. Yeah, but you know what? Like the happiest people, they tend to be hiding a true macabre darkness that's fair <laughs> I, I guess if i had to pick like my instinct says i want to poison someone so it, it's not particularly violent um but i guess like it, uh, the sniper it's fast and i guess painless but i guess if i'm killing someone i i've really been overcome by hate and i feel like poison is probably the most sadistic because they go through pain ah this question is really icky <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean i guess I'll go, I'll go poison i'm gonna go poison we specifically booked you for you to answer this question okay exactly. uh, we were like james is gonna come on he's gonna be super positive he's gonna have all of these <laughs> we're just gonna fair. be really I'm generally, I'm generally not the most positive guy it's fairly like uh uh, full of like, came out as pro covid tonight yeah, yeah I'm here not, no. here to go plug yourself uh the side of the digital building you well, definitely once, once are I heard, cheery once i heard keith talking uh talking shit about covid it like i was like no man i can't stand for this and it got me fired up uh yeah no i yeah i'm glad that that question caters to me i'm gonna go poison poison, poison. interesting i like right. it uh, uh question number five uh keith yeah, what question would you like to ask to our uh, next guest? Yeah, I'm going to go not, this not one. Knowing who that I, guest is going to be. I, I, from having been here so many times, this always catches me off guard, but today I have one prepared, so I was ready. Oh. If you could be one existing soda, what would you be? So you can't, it's not about making, like a, you can't be called whatever, watermelon twist, and exist, whether it's Coca-Cola or Sprite or Dr. Pepper or, you know, a Barks root beer, which soda would you be that most fits your personality? So wait, we're saying, so you, you become like, but do you lose sentience? Like, do you just become the soda? Okay. I should have thought about this more deeply. 
No, I actually the- see this is the this is the reason why Keith Keith is is the is the is the G man in this relationship, and I immediately know what my answer is to Keith, to James's question because I interpreted the correct way, and my answer is I'm Diet Pepsi because I imagine Diet Pepsi is always in the corner just smoking cigarettes. Talk- <laughs> talking about you know it wasn't like this in the old days when we were in glass bottles and Diet, Diet Pepsi also definitely has a gambling problem he's got a heavy gambling problem <laughs> he, he he keeps yelling about the money line and we're like and then coke and, and seven and put like what the hell is this guy talking about like what's what's wrong and he's just, he just keeps shouting money line money line and he's like don rickles I think I think Diet Pepsi is Don Rickles. I I love the I just had the visual of a a can of Diet Pepsi smoking a cigarette and uh that's one of the the best things I've heard in t- that's like in terms of COVID comedy time a can of Pepsi smoking a cigarette is up there for me. Well, that means a lot to me, James. It's, Thank you. It's a, a can of soda smoking cigarettes. It's like the like the California raisins, but more gritty. Yeah, <laughs> no, definitely. He's he's seen a lot of shit. You know, yeah. he 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 doesn't want to. He goes to none of the coke parties. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's like, I'm not having it. Uh, and yeah, it's just a pack a day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris, Chris got the question. Keith, what's your answer? I want you to interpret. This is open. the 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 answer is open to interpretation. The person answering answers any way they interpret it. What would your soda be? I feel I like based on Chris's interpretation. I feel that I would have to go with like Dr Pepper. Mm, yeah, that's uh, a good one. And and the the reason being is that I feel that the first time you have Dr Pepper, you're a little bit like, no, this isn't for me. And but then you either grow to really enjoy it, or you're like, no, I was right the first time, and keep this thing away from me. That's pretty good. And I think, Dr. And Dr. I Pepper. think that, that that is a lot about the experience of if you know me. And you know you're, what? you're you're probably put off by me immediately, yeah. and then you either grow to enjoy me, or you just stay stay mad at me for and keith i've always thought you pair very nicely with a shish oh also true <laughs> also true yeah uh that was it that was go plug yourself uh i don't want james i'm still going strong i'm very excited for it uh hopefully you get your youtube subscribers subscribe on the youtube channel we're gonna link yeah at home with james look it up at home with james it's right there subscribe to the, the to the channel and watch it live on Twitch and watch it uh, taped on YouTube and keep it going. And hopefully this will be a whole become a Montreal web series institution. Woo. That's what I'll be the see. godfather of Montreal virtual comedy, James. That's well, if, if that's if that's my uh, standard, then I'm excited by that greatly. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, James. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Just stick around for a. Hey there, loyal listener who listens to the show all the way past the closing credits. Um, thank you for listening to Go Plug Yourself. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoy the show, I cannot stress this enough. Please tell people about it. We don't really have a budget for marketing or fancy Facebook ads or putting up billboards on the street. Uh, we really have to rely on word of mouth, which uh, basically means that if you listen to the show and you enjoy the show, Please uh, share it, link it, uh, tell your friends about it. Say, hey, there's this show called Go Plug Yourself. They talk to Montrealers or people that have stuff going on in Montreal or uh, just people that have stuff 
to uh, promote that we kind of care about. We can we can go outside of Montreal if we want to. Um, yeah, so just tell tell people about the show. It's a it's a fun show. We we like doing it a lot. We've done it for over two hundred episodes, and it's in large part thanks to support from uh, people like you. Um, if you want to support the show at all, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash 9to5cc and uh, throw a couple bucks our way. It really helps with uh, the hosting fees for the most part. We're really not trying to make a profit on this. Um, and also, if you want to be a guest on the show or you know someone who might uh, want to be a guest on the show, you can uh, contact us either on Facebook or on Twitter. There's a bunch of ways to find us uh, and uh, and let us know. And if the scheduling and the timing and everything works out, maybe you can be the next person who uh, comes on the show and... Uh, plugs something a uh, big thank you as always to leland beckman and oral turpitude who provided our theme songs and of course a thank you to uh, all of the hosts that we have on the show uh walter j ling who is technically retired but still sometimes hosts uh christopher vendito lawrence corber and uh, ines anaya uh, all are all amazing co-hosts and you should support them and their comedy and uh and all of that uh thank you for listening thank you for choosing go plug yourself uh as one of your from the millions of podcasts and have a beautiful day. Thank you. 905.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.